0: Hi guys, welcome back to the Whipped Cream Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca Harris. It's been a fucking month since I've recorded, maybe longer. Um, So I'm really excited to be doing this podcast today uh, and get back into the groove of things. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. I have Mary Young of Mary Young in the building. <laughs> Actually, I'm in your building. We're in it's your true, studio. you are. Um, Mary Young is a lifestyle lingerie designer and the founder of Mary Young, which is your why, right? Which is my brand, yeah. Which your brand. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being on. Thanks for having me. This Let's get so right fun. into it. Yeah. Have you done a podcast before?
1: Uh, I have done two. Oh, really? Yeah, I've done two before. So cool. I've I've done uh, Drown the Noise. What's that? It's uh, based on like entrepreneurial stories. Cool. So some creative, some more business. Cool. And then another one uh, that was, I can't remember the name of it, because it was actually like two years ago, but it was about female
0: entrepreneurs. Awesome. So, cool. Similar,
1: similar concepts.
0: So we're or, not doing anything original here. Yeah, no. <laughs> but you know what? It's you and I, so this is actually original. It's, it's more organic this way. How long have you been, uh, how long have you had your brand? Like, when did you start it? I started it...
1: I started developing the idea about three years ago, and then I launched the company
0: in September twenty fourteen. So almost three full years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And you've like you have you've been able to grow like a really huge like what's your following?
1: Uh, my following's pretty good like on Instagram yeah.
0: obviously, the, the point where the gram.
1: Yeah, that's like what is your business point of like, reference? What is, yeah, what is your Instagram? <laughs> uh, we have about fifteen thousand followers, cool. which is really good. Yeah, and it's then, amazing. And um, then online sales are our biggest, and then we're in about twenty five stores across Canada and now four stores in the States. Shit,
0: 25, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's a amazing. Lot
1: a lot of small boutiques and then a couple that have a few doors, so it's, uh, it's nice. Okay, so how many, do you work by yourself? Technically, <laughs> it yes. It seems like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have two other women that work with me, so I have a part-time sales channel manager, and so she helps with retail, and uh, pop-ups that we do and then I have a content creator who works uh, part-time as well and sort of like project-based she helps like develop the blog and social content do you do the whole Instagram yourself I do yeah I am a control freak me too I won't let anyone do ours sometimes like people will check in and like log in and see what's happening but all the captions all the copy it's really me because it's my voice it's my name so I don't want someone else's voice coming in
0: totally yeah what if you get super big and you cannot do it anymore what's your plan they like, um, you can literally, you're like, I am not able to run the Instagram anymore. I haven't thought that far, but I think
1: uh, hopefully at that point, cloning will be a thing and then I can just like clone myself yeah, totally. and have my clone
0: very do my Instagram. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, it totally makes sense, right? Have another me do exactly what I do. Yeah. So. I'm sure I would find someone to do it and just like spend a lot of
0: time with them to get them to understand how I think and yeah. how I speak because again, yeah, it just needs to be very authentic. Totally. Yeah, okay. I totally understand that. And it's almost like, especially with social media, mm-hmm. like you put something out there that fucks up. Yeah, that's it. That's it.
1: Like there's so many companies that have done really stupid things on social media that I refuse to support now. And right. a lot of my friends ask me like that's, you know, you should still give that restaurant or this place a chance, like if that was one mistake. And I'm like I know as a company what goes into putting something on social and I'm one person this is a bigger company and it has to be approved by other people and if this is approved so it's like one stupid idea getting approved over and over exactly and it's like that the whole company is standing behind that and they're allowing it to live online for hours before they realize there's a backlash and then another you know 10 hours before then they make an apology and I just think there needs to be more accountability especially with bigger companies like I get there's a bigger team but if you're saying something like that online, you should probably stand behind it and If you're not going to stand behind it, don't you know try to think it's all okay by covering it up and posting other stuff and putting out one apology it's, you know it's a very important place to have a strong opinion. Does social media give you anxiety because it gives me anxiety? It does, but not I think in the same way as I know it does to other people because as much as it is me personally it's not actually me it's a lot of my personal thought about society or about the brand or about what the media saying but I'm not actually like putting my face and my body on Instagram that often like I do post photos of myself occasionally but it's not like I'm in the spotlight and I think that would stress me out way more is when it's like my photo or me yeah and then it's like are people commenting on it do people like it do people not like it that stresses me out
0: have you ever Okay, like growing up, did you deal with that a lot, like uh, worrying about what other people think about you? Yeah, definitely. I think
1: growing up, I, I grew up in a small town, so I'm not from Toronto. And my town was, I think, like seven thousand when I lived there, and I lived like, yeah, I lived outside of the town. (laughs) Where
0: the fuck did you live?
1: (laughs) Um, um, Very small town outside of Ottawa. The town's called Arnprior, and then I lived like in a village outside of the town. Yeah, like, okay, wait, 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 you're
0: like glossing over this. What the fuck was that like? Uh,
1: So that's that was hard, especially being creative in a town where like creativity wasn't really talked about. Like there was creative as in like you're an artist but there was very little fashion or the understanding of that fashion was, you know, an in- industry or there could be. So I always felt weird growing up because I always felt like out of it, I wasn't in dance and I wasn't in sports and I wasn't, you know, a good public speaker. I was the girl that had a lot of clothes and would so clothes. And that's how people like knew me. Gotcha. Which is now makes sense. Like I've had friends from high school message me, being like, "I remember like coming over to hang out with your brother, and you'd be in your room sewing." I'm like, ah, "Nothing's
0: like, changed." You're like, "Shut the door." I hate people. I'm so <laughs> yeah. shit right like, now. Like I <laughs> literally am making a dress. I don't have time for you. <laughs> so how did you get? That's so cool. How did you get from the village, literally, <laughs> to Toronto?
1: Like, how uh, did, like when did you move? I knew that I always wanted to be in fashion. So obviously, once I looked at schools, Toronto was like the main choice so I moved to Toronto in 2009 so almost eight years ago and I studied fashion design at George Brown for a year and then I switched to Ryerson for fashion communications and did my bachelor's there cool yeah and why lingerie (sighs) this is actually a great question so in my fourth year uh we had to produce a thesis which a lot of people were doing as a magazine a book why did you have to do a thesis why our program we had to do it was called a capstone so it was like a mini thesis it was about 20 pages and then you present all your findings in a communicative way so we had to find like a theoretical framework and then build huh. out on that and at the time i had a small accessories line that was knitted head- headbands and scarves very very unique very fun um and I very village very village very great I would actually knit in class so I'm also known as that girl for a while I would love to learn how to knit it's literally the best that sounds like it's so calming it's the most calming like when I watch tv I still will knit and my hands are busy so that my brain can actually focus on the tv because I'm always doing too many things do you once. like knit your blankets for bed I don't, but that would be fine. I actually make like a lot of tube scarves. I've made mitts before, but those take a lot more time. And then I got into making sweaters. So that's what I did my fourth year. I decided to make hand knit sweaters that didn't look like grandma knit sweaters. Right. Because I found all hand knit anything do, was yeah. just like ugly and cable, yeah. and like you would never actually want to wear it. So my whole collection was based on hand knit sweaters. And then the student in me knew that if I wanted to make a full outfit to show with all the design students... That I'd have to produce, like you know, whether it's pants or T-shirts, and I didn't want to spend money on fabric, so I decided to make lingerie <laughs> because it would be less fabric.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So that's really. So where this it was came all born
0: out of you being cheap. Actually, yes. Yeah,
1: mostly me being cheap, and then my whole theoretical framework was based around rap and hip hop, and obviously a lot of the uh, the context of rap and hip hop is more sexualized. So. I figured... Okay, wait. Of,
0: so why did you gravitate towards rap and hip hop? You come from a village in outside of Ottawa. Yes. Uh, I don't really know. Um, I've
1: always loved, obviously, rap and hip hop. I think. It's like, a, who do you
0: love? Who do you fuck with? Who's your rapper? That you like,
1: love? right now? Like, just like, like in of general, all, like in
0: general of all time. Oh, uh, that's a I hard mean, question. I mean, I do love Rick. Rouse. Like, who'd you grow up on? Is what I mean.
1: I see. I didn't grow up on anyone because I literally grew up on like George Strait. Okay, like, got country it. Country was that's like, what I by, like Alabama. George Strait, Garth Brooks, like Garth Brooks is like one of my favorites. So I can like listen to country nonstop and then go into Biggie for like eight hours. So did you get into hip
0: hop when you moved to Toronto?
1: No, I think I would like always listen to it, but it was like never played in my home. It was like, oh, I knew I liked it. And then I would like listen to it on the radio or I would download music on
0: like Napster? Yeah, or like (laughs) LimeWire, like Good Days. Back in the, yeah back in those days when you would when it would, would take like you would have to leave the literally. house and then hope that the song was downloaded by the time you got back and if it wasn't it was like a fucking ordeal or
1: me. someone called and broke the dial up internet that you had and then your shit. whole song was gone <laughs> you had to start again mom so, don't you see I'm
0: on the fucking internet stop going on yeah, the phone. Like, I can't I can't I can't download my music <laughs> mom I need my music
1: <laughs> So I think that was when it really started, and then obviously being in Toronto, there's more of a scene here. And I was studying, and my whole theory was actually uh, around a, a term called pastiche, which is taking things that have been done before, but paying respect to them and creating something new. And when I looked at rap and hip-hop, that's basically how the culture and the genre of music began in the 80s and 90s. It was, you know, a group of people that didn't have a voice, and they were using it to talk about politics, to talk about their life, and they were bringing in fashion and bringing in art and dance, and all these things came together to form a whole new genre of music. It wasn't really built off of you know jazz and just like rolled into you know, pop or whatever. So I thought that was really amazing and that's what I wanted to bring into my collection. And then I was also listening to The Weeknd a lot of the time. And so when I pictured listening to The Weeknd or other rap and hip hop like Saturday morning, what would you be wearing? And it wasn't a push-up lace bra. It was more comfortable and it was kind of sporty and something from the early 90s, so a little bit more Calvin Klein inspired and then obviously a knit sweater because Canada's
0: cold. So I just think, I mean, I love your stuff. I think it's fucking awesome. Thank like you. every single piece. I think I was in, uh, what's that Sorlong long queen right here? That oh, has smoking ash. Skin? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, everything is great. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just. a great story. They have a lot of my pieces, which is amazing. They have a good selection. Yeah. Really yeah. nice stuff. And, and it's, it, I mean, I think it like, like you said, it's like needed because yeah. girl, like someone like me, I hate wearing shit like that because yeah. I just don't feel comfortable. Not I just style. don't feel
1: like myself and I never did. Okay. And once I started studying lingerie, I realized that I never felt good about wearing lingerie. Like I only thought I had to buy it to then become attractive or because I had to have push up bra or I needed the padding and I need to look two cup sizes bigger than I am. And none of that was like my thoughts. That was all something I was told. I was like, I'm actually way more comfortable either no bra, which I still very rarely wear a bra, even though I sell them, mm-hmm. um, or just a soft cup bra because I don't want to feel in pain all day long. And I don't think you should have to. And there is a time and a place for underwire and padding. And if that's what you're about, good for you. But I think there just needs to be more options.
0: Yeah. I and that's totally what I'm agree. trying to,
1: you know, hopefully offer people is just, you know, change your way of thinking and decide if, is that your thinking or is that something you've been told? It's all been
0: told. Mm-hmm. Like everything that we do, I was talking about this with my sister last night, my little sister, and she's Um, a lot more, like, we're two different people. Like, she's obviously a lot younger Mm than me. She's 19, I think. Okay. Um, But at 19, I was like, fuck! Crazy! Like, I was a crazy person (laughs) and she's not like that. So she's just a lot more sheltered.
1: Yeah, different thinking. So
0: I'm like, everything that you do is because you've been taught to do it either by, like, Culture, Somewhere. pop culture, yeah. parents, like whatever. Because I was talking about, like, we mentioned off air. I was like, mm-hmm. I want to shave my head this week, and she's like begging me not to do it, and I'm like, you realize you're begging me not to do it because of these notions she's, that you have in your head. Yes. Because and she's like, Well, what if people, people think? It, what if people think you're a lesbian? And I'm like, Well, then fuck, let them yeah. think it. Like, yeah. people think that now. Like, yeah. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> it's like nothing's gonna change, really. <laughs> or like, what if? Like, what if this? What if that? I'm like, but these what ifs are exactly why I want to do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To it's break like, everyone's stereotypes too, because and my a own. Yeah. And exactly your own because it's been your whole life
1: that maybe you've wanted this and you always knew that society said, no, you can't have that. That's not, that's not right for you. You don't fit into this mold of the person that has that, yeah. but why can't you have what you want?
0: Yeah. And it is super. And it's like, why is it so like, I was talking to my friend Jamal about, it. he's like, just fucking shave it. I'm like, it's easy for you to say, cause you're a guy and you can just shave your head. He's yeah. like, I understand. And I'm like, it's not as easy for us. And I'm like, I'm holding onto it. Yeah. And it's like well, it's also the growing out
1: phase too that's that's yeah. what i think about when you shave your head God. it's not even about like having shaved head beautiful but the the day you decide that you want longer hair then you have to go through the awkward phases of like two inch long hair like what do you even do with that yeah because guys don't have that exactly guys if they have two inch long hair they have the side shaved and the top longer and it's curly and they have it styled whereas if you're trying to grow your hair to be long again you can't really have a styled haircut like it just has to yeah. grow out evenly yeah
0: a lot of or units. a bowl cut
1: <laughs> now <I'm> re- <laughs> or get a weave now get a weave. now I'm
0: rethinking my entire <laughs> yeah, so I still <laughs> no, think you kidding, should do it yeah. I I want to do it like do a <laughs> because I think it's beautiful and because I'm like I I try to do things that terrify me and, and it's important I really to
1: do, do it is because if you continually do things that you feel comfortable with and feel safe with you're never going to push yourself to grow
0: What is the scariest thing or biggest risk that you think you've taken in your life that freaked you out and you were like, shit, terrified. like you were actually terrified yeah. to do it? Um, probably two
1: things. One would be moving
0: to Toronto. So
1: before I moved here, I had never been to the city. Like I've never... Come to the Eaton Center for like a weekend. Or like I don't know. I guess <laughs> so you've never been here at all. Ever never, enough. never into the city. Like I knew Toronto was big. Also, didn't know that it was like the biggest city in Canada. Like just very naive. So when I first came here, I was looking at like shared residences because George Brown doesn't have those. Right. Um, so it was like shared with OCAD, but like in random hotels. So sketchy. What? Yeah. So it's was like, obviously not living like, and for me, like living with someone that I don't know, I can't do that. like I grew up in a town where I literally knew everyone, like everyone and their cousin and their grandparents. Like I just knew everyone to go to like, I don't know you. And we're sharing literally a closet together. Cannot do that. So I then decided that I wanted to live alone. So my mom and I actually got the newspaper and we're walking around like the neighborhood of my school to find an apartment building, like looking at like, you know, units for rent and things like that. And I realized it was like, Oh Wow, like I'm gonna live here, and then when I moved here, my mom left, and like the first day that I was alone in the city, I was like, "What have I done?" Like I was actually terrified because I also grew up on a farm where we had like a hundred acres. You couldn't see the road from our house. We had horses. You couldn't see neighbors. To I'm now living in a 16-story building where 20 people live on every floor, and I literally felt like an ant in an ant farm. Like, you know those, like, glass things where the ants just run around? Yeah. That was like, I was like, this is me. This is my life. I'm literally one of many. I look out my window to another apartment building, into someone's unit. It was, like, horrible. Like, I would literally have panic attacks all the time. I could not go to Dundas Square for the first, like, forever. Because I would literally just be like, there's so many people in such a... Like, my whole town would be, like, outside the Eden center in like one moment. So to me, I was like, this is so overwhelming. What year was this? This was 2009. Okay. Got yeah. It. So forever ago. Now I'm like, oh, there's, there's not enough people here. I know everyone. This yeah. is so like, I'm yeah. so over this. Yeah. So that was terrifying. And I think also starting my business was extremely terrifying because Again, I had no business experience. I've never studied marketing business. I know. you just winging it. Yeah, I'm just like, cool. So like I have my money that I was going to buy a condo with. So I did want to, you know, I was taught to believe that, you know, buying a condo is the next step. And you know, in some places it is. And there is a time for that. But I decided, obviously, to start a business. So basically, my whole life is still on the line. Like, if this business fails, I personally also fail. It's not like, oh, my business fails and I can walk away.
0: Why? Why? why do you feel
1: a my name is tied to it so like there is just so much and also like I've put all of my life savings and everything I've ever done on the line for this
0: you don't know how much I'm relating to this now, like in the moment yeah and it's
1: terrifying that and like even still like I'm two almost three years in and it's still like wow this is my everything my existence is riding on this and on my belief in what I'm
0: doing amazing I I don't know. It's like sometimes people will give you the advice like don't put all your eggs in one basket and I'm like... You have to. But if I have this really big egg and this really big basket and I'm like putting everything Mm -hmm. into it. You have to at some point decide that if you're going to do it, you have to
1: put 120% of your energy into it. And when I decided to do my lingerie line, I knew from having that small accessories brand what it was like to do something on the side. I never really took it seriously. I had like my accessories in a couple stores in Toronto and I would knit in class and sell on Etsy, but that was really it. And I realized I was like, if I'm gonna do this, I don't wanna just be you know, working corporate and then in the evenings trying to sell things online and hoping that people buy a couple of things a month because I'm not gonna be working as hard because I'm not gonna to have to make my life from that. Right. If I put everything into this, I'm gonna to have to put all my time, my effort because I'm gonna to have to pay my rent from this. I'm gonna to have to pay my food bills from this. And so I decided if I was gonna do this, it was gonna be all or nothing. There wasn't gonna be like baby
0: steps. Amazing. I think, uh, I don't know if this has happened for you, but for me, what in building like my brand I've got I got just spoken to people and gotten little ideas for oh everyone, of course you know yeah. and, like that that's that's what helps <clears throat> has helped me the most as opposed to like I'm gonna go take this course because yes. I know how my brain works and I'll go to the course <clears throat> and I'll doodle in my fucking notebook yeah so I'm like I've been t- I've been talking to so many people and I'm oh. like oh my god never thought about to okay, exactly do it. like I literally built my event based on like people's advice
1: which I, I think is amazing because a everyone has <clears throat> a good perspective especially people you respect you're going to listen to and what trust. they to say and trust their opinion but then you can look at what other people have done and think, okay, that's not going to work for me, but let me tweak it like that. 100%. You listen to podcasts. I'm always reading, you know, Fast Company, Business of Fashion, all these different things. You can get so many different ideas. What podcasts do you like? Because I'm always in search of more. I'm really in a crime podcast phase right now. Yeah. So nothing to do with being successful. That's okay. Other than how people get murdered on a daily basis. You might need that one day. You know, <laughs> you, know you never know. At dark alleys in Toronto, things happen. Um, but other, I listen to, to the podcast called startup okay which is about a company starting and it was a podcast company that they were starting and it was the same summer that podcast came out as the summer that i started my business so it was really great that i was like they were obviously like going to venture capitalists and trying to get investment and i was definitely not but there was a great you know symmetry of like the pacing of growing a business and looking at you know branding and how do you reach people and you wake up in the middle of the night afraid for your future and how do you go back to sleep and then wake up the next day and keep working yeah so that was really great
0: why didn't you go the investor
1: route i thought about it and i'm still always think about it because investors have more money than i do yeah or will ever um <laughs> but initially fashion is so hard to find investment yeah it's it's kind of a joke industry, a lot of people look on. Like, even the Canadian government doesn't take fashion or retail nope. as a real industry, which is pretty sad. And that's also why most of our production is now offshore, is because no one cared to keep it in Canada. So, I just didn't think that it was going to be as practical. And to run a business and to also actively pursue investment, you would need more than one person. There's no way I could do both. And so I decided to continue to do it myself and to bootstrap as much as possible and build from that route,
0: Yeah. which
1: totally. is terrifying. But even if I were to get investors, I'm, I would still bootstrap. Like there's no way that I'm like, oh, let me drop like 28K like, on this one campaign and see what happens.
0: Totally. And it's like you're, what you're, you're making all this money. But what people don't realize is you're putting it right back in. Everything it's like I you're think. just recycling it.
1: Yeah. It's like there's no there's no me pulling money. It's like, no, no, it's just a circle that keeps going and it gets a little bit bigger and it's great but it's still a circle and eventually there'll be a day where I can do something so I've been told that's how it works I guess from business but until then everything everything I make goes right back into the company yeah yeah there's no bonus structure when you work for yourself so when you're sending out orders yeah. you do this yourself
0: uh, tell I me do. how you manage this, and tell me how you do it.
1: I do, and then I also um, some of the like the two other women that I work with help with that. Oh, okay, so good. it's not me every single day, right? And then when I ship to retailers, that go straight from my production to the retailer, so I don't actually like pick up. Well, oh, that's pack. amazing! Yeah, I don't yeah. do like a two hundred unit box and send that out. Um, thankfully, my production does that, which is great. But it's something I like to do is be hands on with every aspect of the company. Also, I thought from the beginning is if I can do every part of it, whether I can do it phenomenally or just good or well, then once I start to hire people and I need to hire people, I know what their job should be. Right. And I know how long it should take them to do something versus someone coming in and be like, oh, that'll take me 10 hours. When if I can do it in six, there's no reason why it should take them 10.
0: So you want to do every job in your company so that you can ensure that that's a fucking great idea. So then, yeah, it's done right. Yeah.
1: And then when I bring people in, I know what they're doing, why they're doing it, and hopefully they'll bring something else to the table to do that job better than I was doing it. What sign are you? I'm an Aries.
0: (laughs) Does that say a lot? It does. Okay. (laughs) Is it the control issue thing? No, you know what? I find a lot of, uh, like every woman that Mm -hmm. I speak to, well, I only speak to women really on the podcast, but everyone is a fucking control freak. Yeah. Especially because a lot of, we're all doing our own brand and, you know, and it's a great thing and it's also it yes. can be a horrible disservice yeah. and disadvantage yeah. because I find what it can do like I try to be really careful with it because I'm like I know what the vision is for what I want to do mm-hmm. but you also want to have people on your team and bring in other ideas so you can collaborate and make it better yes. and, but I find in being a control freak it can kind of diminish someone else and make them feel like oh you don't know what you're doing and you don't mm-hmm. know how to do it so I try to be very careful with that because I am one yes you know? yeah, and so, it's like learning how to hold back yeah. and let people bring their
1: ideas think it through whether all of it will work or some of it will work totally and that's something i'm learning too with um the women i work with is just you know listening to what they have to say and actually most of the time they have really good ideas because i'm exhausted so i can't come up with good shit all the time like it's just not possible totally so having their feedback and then us brainstorming together we always come up with new things
0: i just have to ask oh are you an introvert
1: I am an extroverted introvert. What does that
0: mean when people say
1: that? So I am great around people. I love meeting people. I love chatting, but I don't get energy from being around people. So I have to yeah. recharge by myself. Yeah. But then I can go out and like I can make friends with anyone. That's one thing I've told literally everyone is like, I can find something in common with probably every human on this planet.
0: Do you know I how can- like? But do you know how amazing it is that you're saying that? <laughs> Because people really think that we're all so different.
1: Yes, but no, you you can easily have a conversation with every single person.
0: Someone that you don't think that you could have a conversation with or relate to.
1: Exactly, but you can. We all are humans. Right there is one thing that we can all relate to is we all live and breathe oxygen there it is but yeah i think i can relate to everyone that doesn't mean that i see eye to eye with everyone doesn't mean i respect everyone's opinion but i don't want to be burning bridges because i think my way is better or because you know my mindset's the right mindset and my political views are the only views and i think it's important to be open to everyone and part of that is i think being an extrovert is you want to meet people that are different and challenge you and meeting people that don't see eye to eye does challenge you
0: i think that's so important especially if you're growing a brand and you're an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. i think what people don't realize is that it's literally all relationship building it is extremely the entire the entire business especially if you're doing something where you're putting a product out there Mm -hmm. and hoping people
1: like receive it it properly and and Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. believe in it support it tell their friends about it and then the cycle continues but yeah it's it's all about you know unfortunately who you know and building those relationships. And like I go to events all the time, you go to like events, and all my friends that aren't really in the scene, they're like, oh, your life is so glamorous, you out. I'm like, all I wanna do is literally do my laundry in one night because I have to do my laundry like over three days because I'm never home at the right time and I also don't use my washer and dryer before 8 p.m. because like hydro rates are really high during the day, so I use it after 8 p.m. When I know I'm not gonna pay a lot, so I just wanna do my laundry in one night, but I go to bed at like 11, so I can't do it all in one night. So if I'm out and I miss like doing my laundry, it's because I'm at a work event that looks fun. And, and yes, it is fun. It is. But it is work. But it's still work. I'm still having conversations that are work-centric. I'm still making sure that people remember that I exist, that my company exists, and that I'm still doing things. Because that's basically why I go, is to show face, to remind people that I'm here, and to also, yeah, like hang out with friends, meet new people. But it always comes back to work. And that's how I got invited, was because I'm someone doing something.
0: Why do you think you're such a workaholic?
1: I've literally always been this way like I had my first job at 13 I was babysitting full-time at like 11 which I don't think was legal but, You know, <laughs> I was doing that like all summer was babysitting my neighbors from 7 a.m to 4:30 p.m Monday through Friday while their parents were at work like that was just how life was it's
0: so interesting because I was I, I was just saying this yesterday I'm like I've always been a worker
1: always. like I've,
0: I used to have two three jobs at once and like and it wasn't even about the money I was just like I need to work
1: I just I don't know how to be still Personally, like yesterday was my first day that I really haven't done anything. And even- Did you just sit around? I literally just sat on my couch and watched hockey for like three hours.
0: Do you meditate or do anything to come back to?
1: I don't know how I can't meditate because my brain can't stop. So for me, meditating would be like knitting and doing something. That's what I mean. I need to keep my hands busy so that my brain can focus on one thing. So I also do puzzles a lot. On like my computer, I'll actually do like a 500
0: piece puzzle and like do that in a night. Do you do stuff like that often to keep yourself grounded yeah. I usually okay so what, I, what I'm asking is like every successful person but yeah. I hate that word though any person any person doing stuff yeah 10, building a extent. brand whatever yes that's an entrepreneur for instance mm-hmm. um I find a lot of them that are like really getting up there come back and like are always like I meditate or I do yoga mm-hmm. or I like do something to like ground me I definitely work out a lot but I think that helps a lot with stress
1: For me, and also physically feeling strong is one of the most empowering feelings that I've had. Being smart and being intellectual and getting a 90 is great, but feeling like my muscles and knowing that I can do something and I can run 5k or I can Can't really do pull ups, but like I could do two pull ups. That'd be really cool. (laughs) But knowing that I can do that and that I'm strong and I can like provide for myself and take care for myself is one of the most empowering feelings that I've had. That's cool. I like that. Like way more than being my own boss because your company can disappear like that. Yeah. But your physical strength that takes like years and you have to put a lot of energy into that and it also will carry you for a lot longer than you realize. Like even when you're not working out, you still have that muscle in there and muscle memory
0: and you can build it up just as quickly. I think uh what you said is super important because there's just been like all these signs like you know so you've seen sofia Amoroso with nasty mm-hmm. gal that yeah. was a fucking 550 million dollar company yeah uh american apparel yes huge huge all um, these companies and then just games. like even the kendrick song like, yeah. about being humble and i'm just like sometimes we're human beings and you get your ego and you're like oh, Fuck, i'm killing it man like you're like i'm like i'm fucking killing it yeah. this is amazing and then i have to always be like i, I like i meditate i try to meditate every day good and I think what it does is like removes your ego a bit, yeah. And, and you, you come to. back and you're like, no, like I'm grateful for all these things. It could be gone in a second. Mm-hmm. Like I think that that is something that's so that that thing is missing in a lot of people. People, are, we're not told that either, though. We're told totally to tie our
1: value with what we've accomplished. Yeah. Especially as an entrepreneur, like you know, how many Instagram followers you have. You know, have, have you got investors? What's your brand? you know, valued at, all these different things, how many stores you're in, it's great and those are really important to growing a business, but that doesn't relate to who you are as a person and your success as a person and an individual outside of a company.
0: Totally. And I think that's something that I kind of want to always bring up more and more. Mm -hmm. As especially I I'm growing in this journey too of like talking to all these amazing women. Mm -hmm. And I think something that's not talked about enough is that yeah, like we literally correlate our identity to our work. Always. And it's like what if you something tragic happens and you get hit by a bus and you can't work oh my, anymore. Literally think about that every day. My fear is getting hit jaywalking. Like actually my fear is getting Stop hit. fucking jaywalking. Yeah, no, I, I don't because I'm terrified of it. And people
1: make me and I like run across the street screaming. Yeah. But yeah, I think especially as like an independent entrepreneur where I, you know, do most of the business operations, if something were to happen to me, this company probably wouldn't run. But would that mean that I'm less of a person? No. That just means that things are changing in my life. And everything has an expiration date. Like, your life has an expiration date. Relationships, every single thing. So being aware that that's going to happen and being okay with that when it does is part of, I think, coming to peace with, like, what life actually is.
0: Amazing. Good. Good stuff.
1: Like, it's kind of sad when you think about it because, like, we are going to die. But I think it's just important to know that, like, I used to think of the quote, like, this too shall pass as, Mm -hmm. like, through bad times but it's also important like when life is really good it's not always going to be really good so you really need to embrace it and
0: celebrate the good when you have it because you know like it's a roller coaster ride it goes up and down totally it's interesting because my grandmother got super sick i think it's been like four or five years now but she's she had a stroke she's still alive Mm -hmm. um so we spent a lot of time in the hospital and it makes it It changes you changed me a lot because i was like I'm doing all this stuff, but I'm gonna end up here too. Literally. But it's so it's like you can think of it think of it that way, or you can think of it really positively Mm -hmm. and be like, I'm gonna make the most of this time. Yeah,
1: because you only have so much time, so you might as well and not be afraid of what's gonna happen. Yeah. When people are afraid of death, I totally get that, but it's in it like there's no way you're going to escape death. There's no that's just part of life, and also you're gonna lose people throughout your life too, so you shouldn't be afraid of something that's going to happen.
0: I think having like a tiny bit of like morbid way like I, I have a little sprinkle of like thinking thoughts. of thinking of things morbidly yes. also helps me i think so which well, is weird because yeah. i'm like i got a couple tattoos this weekend and my sister's like but like don't you worry about the future i'm like no because we're all gonna die mm-hmm. and it sounds so fucked to say yeah but it's but like it's... who gives a shit like just do what you want to do yeah you know be responsible and be accountable yeah, but and also like you have to have that you have to have that part of you that can like just enjoy freedom just, right and accept life and just do whatever happens in life and roll with the
1: punches and you know if that means works good right now or works bad and like if my company has to close then I have to find another job that's what I'm gonna have to do but I'll figure that out when I get there until
0: then I'm gonna just embrace what I have right now how do you how do you deal with okay wait no I'm gonna ask that later do you have much of a personal life or relationships
1: um I do have a pretty good personal life like I don't think my life is extremely balanced but from working out, I do get a lot of socializing with working out. Like I like to work out in like class settings, yeah. or I like go to the gym with my friend. So that's always great because I can see people that way. And that for me, especially working alone most of the time, I need to socialize outside of nine to five because I don't have like you know oh let's grab lunch with my coworker. I'm like let's eat lunch alone at my desk. So <laughs> making time for people outside of work is important. Um, I think also in Toronto it's a very social city. Like you probably know, it's everyone knows everyone. Everywhere I go, I run into people. So it's like, I'm always chatting with someone. I'm always like grabbing a coffee with someone, which I love. Um, but I do think that being an independent entrepreneur as a female makes it really hard to date. Also, Toronto is like the worst city to date in. <laughs> Not that I have experience in other cities, but I just assume it's really bad. Uh, but I find dating is extremely hard. Why do you say hard. that? Um, I find that I usually meet two different types of guys. One type of guy that loves that I have my company and is like, almost too amazed by it, hmm. like, blows it up. It's like, oh, not all of us have, like, 10,000 Instagram followers. I'm like, I don't talk about my Instagram like it's a part of me, because it's actually a business tool. It's 100%. not a part of me. Yeah. I personally don't have 10,000 Instagram followers based on my existence. It's about my brand. Yeah. And I don't really want anyone to correlate, like, me to that. And so I find that to be a little bit weird, and they think it's really exciting and fun, and then when I don't have time for them, they get really upset. Which I do understand, but it's from day one, you knew that you know this is my life and this is how I spend my life and then there's other guys that are just as you know admirable about my brand and think what I'm doing is great but then they get competitive and they yeah, don't want to see oh, I've,
0: run into, I've run into that so yeah. much
1: and then they don't want to see a female not not to say that like it's bad if a female's doing more because if you're in a relationship you're going to be pacing each other someone's going to be a little bit more successful whether that's being making more money or being more recognized for what you're doing and it's going to go back and forth and that's just I want to have someone that keeps me on pace and we do that together and we don't compete with each other but we push each other to constantly do more and our best Uh, but I do think it's hard uh, based on you know nature versus nurture the nurture part of your life did you grow up to see your dad make the most or your mom make the most what do you what have you been told is okay and not okay I grew up with my mom being the breadwinner of my family my dad never worked no way what did she do Uh, my mom worked in marketing and she worked for Nokia in North America doing a lot of their marketing like in Canada and US and I just like she was gone like a month or a week every month usually, or every like two months. And she was always traveling, she was like in Finland, Austin, love like, Europe, UK, all these places. And my dad was like, I'd get off the school bus and my dad would be like, let's have a snack and like and watch TV.
0: And he was totally into it, cool with it. Yeah, like. and
1: like that was, that was my family, like that he would make dinner, he would, you know, help cook and clean. And that was like, he would sign our permission slips. He would come to school and like volunteer on like parent teacher day. Whereas everyone else, it was their mom. So I never thought it was weird to have a woman make a lot of money or like lead the household, quote unquote, whatever that means. But I just assumed, yeah, anyone can do it. There is no gender role for who can make money to pay for your house. And so once I started my own company, I started to realize that I grew up in a family that, that there was no gender roles. It was all broken. And I just didn't really think about that because it was just so common to me that this was acceptable but I didn't think that other people thought it was unacceptable
0: yeah it was just normal to you so it yeah. wasn't there was no there was no
1: question about it was no thought it. had absolutely no thought and it's just sad now that people still think that like I have friends that are like oh he has this job like he's a dentist or he's a lawyer I'm like okay like do you think that is that because he can talk about law or is that why you're like you know attracted to him they're like oh no no, he drives like this he drives an Audi I'm like okay but who is he does he make you laugh do you have fun do you, go, do you want to go on a hike together? Do you want to go away for a weekend? Or does he just pick you up in his car after work? Like, I don't... Cause like, to me, I'm like, call me an Uber. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what car you drive. I want you to, like, challenge me as a person outside of my career. Because as we both said, like, your career can be gone instantly.
0: Yeah. So... I mean, I totally can agree with a lot of the things you're saying. I found that... I find that... They either try to compete with me or they're like, oh, yeah. like you're a superstar. And I'm like, you're a child. Yeah. It's, and that's, that's very unattractive. Very unattractive. Stop. Yeah. So I don't know. And don't it's, know what... yeah, and it's, it's tough. And I think also, do you want to have a family and get married and have kids?
1: I think I do. Yeah. Like I definitely, I was t- telling my friend this cause I'm going to one of my good friends weddings next weekend, like my high school best friend. Mm-hmm. And are you going like home? going home back cool. to, back to the village back to the village yeah. back for her wedding so that's gonna be exciting but I realized I'm like wow like my friends are getting married like I have a lot of other girls that I went to high school with that have kids already too do
0: they think you're like oh Mary's so cool in Toronto with her leather jacket like <laughs> <do> they, like <laughs> I honestly
1: don't know I, like probably to an extent but a lot of them like have come to visit me and they are just like oh your life is so different right and they find it hard to relate like that's one thing that I'll notice is when we have conversations it's not like yeah. I'm like oh so you were literally like planting soybean last night, and I'm and they're like well oh, yeah yeah and I was like oh I was like, I don't know like at a sax event and like eating ice cream out of a tub in the corner because like there was free ice cream <laughs> and I really wanted it but I was like wow our lives are so different like right. I was like at an event where there's like, a photographer and a DJ and like it was open bar and that's my normal Wednesday Thursday night, and her normal like Wednesday Thursday night is like literally out in the field on her tractor like planting seed and like spraying the crop, like like (laughs) Like, and I know that because I lived that growing up but she doesn't know my side because she's never lived this side so for me it gives me such a better like understanding of people again how I can relate to people is because I've lived the opposite of Toronto like I you know would walk to the bus stop I'd sit on my bus for 50 minutes to get to school and you know I had a car growing up like I bought a car the day that I turned 16 because I wanted to go to parties my parents wouldn't drive me so all these things that I had to learn, but I think that the fact that, you know, she hasn't been in my life or hasn't been in my shoes makes it hard for us to relate. So there's definitely separation, but because of who we were growing up, like, there's just like that love that you'll never break. Like, right. will always be those people to me that I'm like, I, no matter what, like 2am you call me, I'm dropping whatever, like I'll be there just because of like who we were growing up.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. So all of the friends that you had like half back, back home are all married kids.
1: No, so she's the first one to get married. But,
0: like, a lot of girls went to high school
1: with already are either married, have kids. Um, But I thought, like, at this age. How old are you? I'm 26. So I thought around 26, like, when I was 15 or 16, I probably thought I would be maybe engaged, if not married. I'm like, (laughs) I'm I'm choking on that now because I'm like, what is a relationship? Like, please explain. I can't believe Um, I'm going
0: to be 31. It's crazy, right? In, like, like, what, what what month are we in right. in like a m um, like six when weeks so july 17th i'm like what the fuck i just turned 20 like that's how
1: i feel in my head yeah like i still feel literally 19 like when i don't get carded i'm like what what i i don't even look old enough to drink and i'm like oh my gosh oh i do because these bags under my eyes like definitely represent like age and exhaustion the tiredness, so, yeah man. i'm like they remind me what i'm hustling for because they're here every day but yeah, I definitely thought and then like when I do like the countdown of where I would when I would want to be a mom, I'm like, shit, I should have met someone three years ago. Because I also like my mom had me when I think she was 32. Oh, OK. So like I'm in that that's generation, a bit later. like older. Yeah, yeah she's older in her generation. Yeah. Um, and she hit menopause at like 41. So I know oh, wow. for me, I'll probably hit menopause young as well. So I'm like my window for kids, like it's getting narrow. And then, yeah, I, like, think about that. I'm like, so if I want to have kids, like, what does that look like? I also told one of my friends recently that at 35, if I'm, like, not, like, about to have kids, I'm going to adopt or have a kid on my own. Amazing. And I'm like, yeah, if I can have a company on my own, I can fully raise a child on my own. Of It'll course. be really hard, and I'm going to have friends and family support But, dude, me. you're never on
0: your own. Like, exactly. Like, okay, so my mom was, like, my, okay, so my parents got divorced when I think I was seven. Okay. But me and my dad are super close, mm-hmm. right? But he wasn't there. Physically. Like yeah. he, moved, he moved to L.A. Okay. So like he, my mom, I, was a, I was a single mom. Right? Yeah. Like my mom raised me. God bless your mom. God bless. Yeah. Love like, moms. Seriously. Yeah. But she worked every day. Yeah. And I was with my grandparents. I was with my aunts. I was with my cousins. There's like always There people. was 50 people that fucking yeah. raised me. They were all women, mind you. Which is amazing. But I would totally adopt
1: you. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think you know, I'm not going to wait for someone to give me what I want if I'm 35 and I know I want kids and that's where I'm at in my life, I'm not going to wait for the right person to come around. Because if I decide I decide to have a kid on my own at 35 and then I meet someone at 37 and he's the right person, he's going to be in love with the fact that I had a kid on my own at 35. He's not going to be like, Oh, she's a mom. No thanks. Cause I would not be attracted to someone like that. So I yeah, think it's, it's like, just like, how old are we? 15? Literally. Like? Yeah. It's like, no. So it's like, and that's the thing I think, you know, if you want something, Anything is within your control of getting it, and it's just believing in yourself and going about it and achieving it. And if I want to have a family, that doesn't mean that I, I have to have a husband to have a family.
0: Totally. And I think, um, I mean, it, it's more and more like people talk about like manifest your dreams. Out of like all those stupid quotes, but it's really it's true. true. Yeah. Like if you don't sit down and think about what you want and like put it out into the universe and try and really like make mm-hmm. it happen in your brain, yeah, it's not going to happen in real no, life.
1: No. I used to always like write things out. But always like write about the things that i want and exactly. what I so that see. works for you like writing yeah. and getting it on paper getting it on paper getting it out of my head too because i yeah. can fixate on it and then start to spin it into a negative so if i mm-hmm. put it on paper it stays as a positive because it's written as a positive that's nice i'm gonna try that yeah
0: i'm not a very good i'm not an intellectual person which sounds very weird to say but i'm not like i don't like reading oh. i don't like writing stuff but i love listening like I so good audiobook like well, i ugh. like i like my brain is overloaded yes. yeah. on the, like, I don't even listen to music anymore just like, give me, yeah. so it's like, I just like to get the information in a different way I'm no not totally not. makes sense but I think that writing things down is a really good idea because yeah. you visually like, let's say you write it on your mirror mm-hmm. you see it every see day, it every day. You
1: know? and that's the thing it's a, it's, it's a reminder it repeats itself you continue to repeat it and then as you say it or write it you start to believe it more and also for memorization writing things down is uh, helps you memorize more
0: oh that's a good idea yeah
1: I used that in school so I would like I had to study like art history so it would be all these different like artworks You'd have to know who did it, when, and like the genre. So I would literally look at them and just write it over and over and over and over.
0: See, because I always talk to my my sisters at U of T and I was like, but are you really learning since you're just memorizing all these words? Like you're not actually learning, but you're doing something. You're like learning something.
1: So like my program, I always say was like, I learned how to be an entrepreneur because we did branding, design, graphic design, photography, marketing, PR. We did like all those things. But I wasn't good at one of those things. I could do all of those things. And then when I look at my job now, I'm like, so I do my website. I do my coding sometimes. I do my oh, social cool. media. Okay. I do my PR outreach. I give to influencers. So I don't feel so yeah. alone right yeah.
0: now because I'm like, I'm doing 17 jobs. Literally. Is this normal?
1: Like, I honestly feel like I'm sitting on like, you know, those lazy Susans at like on tables like back in the day. Yeah. I like, I am sitting on a lazy Susan and there's like stacks in front of me and I'm just spinning in circles, like doing one thing on each stack. And then I'm like halfway through and then I have to spin over here to do this because there's a fire and I have to put it out. And then I'm back over here and I'm literally just spinning all day. That's how I explain it. Yeah. And it's it's just part of having a company that is, especially in today's day and age, it's not just like, let's run a campaign in a magazine and see what happens. It's like every day you have to be on social media. You have to be engaging. You have to be, and not just like one, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of it. Yep. And then, you know, working with influencers or. You know, celebrities, these different, like, different people that can help spread word. Like, those are really important things to do. Yeah. yeah.
0: What do you see for, like, okay, what do you want for your brand?
1: Um, I don't want to do that five-year
0: plan bullshit. I hate that fucking question. But, like, what do you see for it just in life? I, what I've been seeing recently is that it's not just a brand. Like,
1: it's not just a product-based brand. And I think most companies now can't be. There's no way to survive. And one thing that we've really been pushing is just, like, you know, believing in yourself finding confidence in yourself and within your own beauty versus what we've been told for years is beautiful. And so I think just really trying to get that message across to more people and have it connect with them on top of, you know, obviously our products encourage that, but whether if you shop our products or you're just a part of our community, you believe that too. So it's changing the mindset that women have been taught that our values and our looks.
0: Do you ever want to do anything for men?
1: Um, I don't want to do any like people have asked me to do lingerie for men, and I'm like, pass. Uh, <laughs> but I, I personally love menswear. Yeah, and I, I, I wear all mens. I wear mostly mens, minus my hips don't fit into a lot of mens clothes. So it's like hard. these are mens, and yeah, I just like take though. them in. Ugh. Like I
0: just I I've, I've been wearing them every day. I do so give shit. I love them. But
1: yeah, the mens stuff is amazing. I think right now the focus for me is mostly on women, just because I think there's so much wrong with how women are sold to, how they're spoken to, and how they're talked about in the media. Uh, And I think that also goes for men too. Like It's not to say that men don't have struggles. And one thing that we've launched recently is our Self Love Club initiative. Oh, cool. So tell me about that. So basically we started that uh, in April. So I guess it's like pretty relatively new. And what it is, is just opening dialogue for like a conversation within our community about issues and struggles. No one talks about struggles because no one wants to seem like they're having a hard time. And also like growing up being like, you know, I felt outcasted or people made fun of me. Like that's a normal thing. Why can't we talk about normal things? And just making this, you know... A safer space for this and that isn't just for women so what we're trying to do is have you know obviously different resources online so we have different guest writers that are going to be writing for our blog we just did one with uh the toronto illustrator Nestle. cool so she did a custom illustration and then a personal piece about what self-love and self-care means to her and then we'll be hosting self-love events with different women on the panel and eventually where i want it to go is men as well because I don't want this just to be like a feminist rally where it's like, we hate men because they told us without blonde hair, we're not beautiful. Cause that's not true. It's actually women are telling women, women are in advertising roles, putting out those billboards that are, you know, objectifying women. Well, cause
0: of their own notions as well. Exactly. Taught. So it the just trickles women, over everywhere.
1: Yeah. Many women have a male gaze without realizing it.
0: My, so my dad was at the event that we just did. Mm-hmm. Um, and we spoke about it after and he was really nervous about coming. I'm like, I don't get why you're nervous. He's like, oh, I'm going to be like demolished in there. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's not like so I well. was actually yeah, mentally confused like and I was like too busy to care. I'm like, just get on the fucking plane and get in the chair yeah, and shut here. up. You're here. So we, when I did get a chance to talk to him afterward, he's just like, I was so surprised that there was nothing negative about men in there. And I'm like, no, but that's not what this is. Yeah,
1: and I think that's an issue is some, some people think feminism is hating on men. And it's like, no, the their bones of feminism is men and women are equal done right, period set nothing else needs to be said yeah like that is it and for me i think because i grew up in that household where i saw my parents as equal though the roles were technically reversed based on what society says i never questioned that so to see that now such like even people have asked me they're like oh you, you know you have a company like who does your accounting does your boyfriend help you does your does your dad did your dad invest in your company shut up yeah a lot of people will ask like what man in my life is benefiting my company and I'm like literally none, and also no, and me, yeah, and I do like everything. everything. Like, my <laughs> family doesn't even live in the city. My mom is four and a half hours away. Like, if shit were to hit the fan, she can't come help me right away. Like, I have to find other resources here, or I have to figure it out. But it's just amazing how many people have asked me that, and then I've talked to other people where you know both men and women are like, oh, my girlfriend does this aspect of the company, or my boyfriend does that aspect, and it's amazing. If you have help, I would fucking love help, like thank you. But I'm also great to do it on my own and I just think it's crazy that people assume there's got to be a man behind a business. I I never want to be like exclusive it's only females that can do any of this. Like obviously my clothing is targeted to women, but that doesn't mean that like I'm not gonna support men in their journey in their life and whatever they're going through. Like no I'm gonna support anyone. End of story. Yeah. So
0: I think I want to end on that. That's amazing.
1: thank you so much thanks for having me
0: tell everyone where they can find you and all your Uh, stuff
1: uh online you can find us at maryyoung.ca and then you can see all of where we retail uh on our stockist page and then on social it's at it's mary young
0: oh is it an it's uh, yeah it's yeah because there's a lot of mary youngs on the on the website or uh, online you know how bad i'm trying to get just whip with no toronto on it not that i don't love toronto but i just want it to be
1: no it's hard it's you gotta like this woman i've
0: been dm'ing her for months driving me crazy Nothing. No, nothing.
1: Oh. no response. I know there is a Mary Young that I think posted four years ago and has done nothing. And I'm like, girl, girl. Can you? But have I, you contacted her? No, because I decided I'm just going to do it's Mary Young. Because if people are say, like, oh, like, what's that bra? What are you wearing? Your response is, oh, it's Mary Young. Okay. Yeah. So it just makes more sense. And yeah. then I have it on
0: every platform too, so right. it's easier. So you're done. Then. So it's
1: it's Mary Young, everyone.
0: It's Mary mm. Young, guys. Yeah. Thank you so DM much. DM me. It'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. No dick pics, though. Please. Yeah, please no. I got those a couple times. Hard pass. So bad. Hard pass. So so decline bad. those messages. So bad. So. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the Whipped Cream podcast. You can find me at I am Bianca Harris on Instagram and actually everywhere else. Yeah, everywhere else now, and Whip Toronto on every single platform that's ever existed. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see it here. What What do I say at the end? We'll see you next time. We'll hear from you next time. I never know what to say. You'll hear from us. You'll hear from us next time. Us next Bye. That makes sense. Right? I do that every time I'm like, we'll see you next time, I'm like, but not but really. No one is
1: seeing anyone.